Do you know the real Bashahuli? Most of Australia is familiar with his time at Richmond. But Basha himself says, I've won three premierships. My biggest highlight of my life is, is, this, is this academy. His faith, his foundation, his recovery, we unveil everything. Basha's story is now available on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. Peace be upon all of you. Welcome to another Safi Bros podcast. We are absolutely honored today to have an amazing brother with us, the amazing Basha Huli. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam. It's an honor to be here amongst beautiful brothers uh, who have got uh, a beautiful intention to, uh, to, I guess, be the uh, role model for the next generation growing up. So it's an honor. Alhamdulillah, for coming and making the time to be here. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, very I'm, actually, I'm actually excited about this one, Bash, because <laughs> subhanAllah, like, and I've known you for a while, but we've never, it, how many times do you get the opportunity to actually have these one-on-ones and, mm. you know, go deep in, into your life, inshallah. Maybe we can start us as a young age. Uh, I would love to know, you've always loved footy, you know, at a young age, were you always passionate about footy or how did that take place? In, you know, at the age of six, which school, which primary school did you go to? Were you uh, always up in the Altona area? Yeah, I was. I was always a Western Suburbs boy. Um, born in Australia, my parents were born in uh, Lebanon, so obviously Lebanese background. You guys came as well, Civil War times. So? Yeah, that's right. Everyone's very, very similar. Either the sixties or the seventies. Yeah. My parents were the seventies generation, and uh, obviously very similar to a lot of people. Wanted to come here, uh, get a good education for their children, um, make as much money as possible, and go back and live life. <laughs> but uh, right, yeah. we know the uh, the catch. It's uh, Australia is such a fortunate, great country that. Uh, offers wonderful things. So for me, that's something I'm extremely grateful for, the f- fact that we live in a, a country that, you, you know, you, you're free to say most things yes. um, <laughs> out there as opposed to, for example, being in a in, in your probably hometown back yeah. in Lebanon, et cetera, where you're very limited to what you have to say. So very uh, very fortunate to be able to be in a com- country that, um, you know, you're able to grow your beard, yeah. you know. And this is not fashion. This is obviously, inshallah, part of the sunnah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's something that we're very grateful for. And uh, background is obviously Lebanese. How, still, many, how, how many brothers and sisters? How many siblings? We're seven all up. Mashallah. We're seven. I'm the second youngest. So, so you're the second youngest? Yeah, I've got a, uh, the oldest brothers. I think he's 50 or, or just over 50. Um, so how many boys, how many girls? Five boys and two girls. Oh, wow. So you're, they, you're, yeah. you're in between the boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm the second second youngest. So I've got a younger brother as well. So. But how the everyone's married, they got yeah. their own kids, and it's a big family uh, get together every either Sunday or Monday where we get the get together for a barbecue. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So, which school did you? Which primary school and high school did you go to? So, I went to a local school next to my uh, my house, a Newport Primary School, which was uh, obviously public school um, up until grade six, and then from grade six, my uh, parents decided to move me on to an Islamic school. Me and my younger brother, Alhamdulillah, that's uh, it was an absolute blessing because my older brothers and sisters went to from a public primary school to a public um, secondary college. And uh, uh, also, sorry, my brothers went to a private Catholic school. Yeah, so, same. We went to a Catholic yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. There was no Islamic school great, then. Great school uh, and everything, great ethics, etc. But for them, um, it was a time to put us in the Islamic school because it was Inshallah. it was there. The opportunity was there. Uh, yeah, opportunity is there. We there. had uh, a position. and uh, Which school? Uh, Atakwa no, College, College, which before was Wurri Islamic College. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's something that I'm extremely grateful for, you know, and, and you'll probably hear across this um, podcast, 
you know, I'll be grateful for so many things. And that's mm-hmm. the reality. It's, uh, you know, obviously we need to consistently remind ourselves to be thankful for the little things. Amen, um, amen. And uh, alhamdulillah So what year, what year was that? Did you do Islamic school? Um, I think... So taking you back now, huh? I think it was 2000. Okay. 2000 so you, or maybe around, around 2000 or 99. You're eight or you're seven? Uh, no, right. I was still in the grade six. Grade six, okay. Grade six, so... So, old, so you did your whole high school there? Yeah, whole whole high school, whole high school in uh, Atakwa College, where we Islamic college, and uh, I love the environment, bro. Because um, you know, I came from a family that was more cultural driven. Yep, yep. Not necessarily Islamic, religious. Mum and dad prayed fast, like majority of the Lebanese yeah, families. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, bare minimum. Yes. Let's call it bare minimum. My older brothers and sisters, uh, you know, would do the bare minimum as well. And that's not to say I'm way beyond extreme, etc. But I do have love and passion for Dean at yeah, the end of the day. Alhamdulillah. You know, from an young age, I've always wanted to grow my beard uh, because obviously I try to emulate myself to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I went to an Islamic school and I grew love, love for Dean. Allah, and I had Muslim when did that friends. Start? When did that start? When, so take us to yeah. sort of. When did that spark start in your life, and what was what was was there a defining moment that you had that yeah. sort of sparked that in you? Not really, to be honest. Well, it's just for me, it was all about the environment. You know, I was in an environment, an Islamic environment, and that's not to say that you know to place your young child in an Islamic environment means halos, you've done jobs done, you mm-hmm. walk away, and you expect someone else to take care of your child. That's not the case. That today, you know, as parents, we need to be there for them. Yes, you yes. know, be that uh, aftercare, etc. Yes. Uh, for us, Subhanallah, just the, just the, the fact that we're in Islamic school, we get to pray together. All my friends were Muslims at the time, apart from obviously being at the footy club, local footy club, playing local footy. You know, they were your friends, but you were they were more teammates. Yeah. But your true friends were we're Muslims, yeah. uh, and that's not taking away anything from non 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 Muslims. And as time went on, you know. Some of my amazing friends are non-Muslims because yes. they've got beautiful qualities. Actually, in fact, sometimes better qualities than Muslims. Yeah. You know, and values know. better than Muslims. Yeah. It's so like sad, it. but yeah. you know it's what? True. That's true. the reality. That's yeah. the reality of, of life. And uh, yeah, alhamdulillah, I just grew up in the Islamic school and just just loved loved this uh, deen aspect um, and what, what Islam was. Can you contrast that to your primary school, for example, for us? So to get on it because like mm. a – because you went to a sort of a standard primary school. Did you feel no – See, the, the, because the big problem is I've, I've taken my kids from Islamic school to mm. a public school yep. and the identity crisis, mm. the, 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 what I've realized is that my own boys mm. being in Islamic school was, you know, I'm doing yep. the same. Yep. But when I pulled them out and put them into pri- in, pri- in a public school, they had yep. to make a decision. Mm-hmm. They had to consciously make that decision say, hey, what am I? Yeah. What what is my identity really? Yeah. Then following, but we, obviously you had that transition coming from uh, a public school to an Muslim school. I did, but I, I think I was still too young too to young. understand. And not only that, majority of students there—I well, wouldn't say majority, but at least fifty percent—were Lebanese Muslim background. Oh wow! Okay. So it kind of helped. So let's oh, okay. call it like, uh, yeah, it was like a Lebanese yeah. slash public school. <laughs> school. To be, to be <laughs> honest, yeah. yeah. So okay. okay, a lot of my cousins went there, community members. So they knew halal food. They knew like you know the, when we're in grade five. Uh, I mean, how many of us in grade five would remember that we would pray? Yeah. I don't think I can remember yeah, if I right. prayed or not, unless my dad forced it upon us and stuff mm. like that. It was later on as yeah. I went on to the Islamic school, knew the the pillars of Islam and the actual, you know, the the greater reasoning why a Muslim or a person should submit and pray, etc. Uh, not not as a young kid. As a young yeah. kid, you get told what to do. Baba tells you what to do and you do it. Yeah. Uh, today, as fathers, we tell our kids to do, but there's the why behind it. Why yeah. do we actually do things? And I think it's super important to yeah, educate. 
Very important. This new generation, there has to be a why to everything or majority of things out there in life because you want them to grow appreciation for it. You know, that's, uh, that's and in a purpose. That's the in purpose that's behind in, anything. everything. In, 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 yeah. Even in, in our business, yeah. we, the why. Yeah. Like, make them understand why they're doing mm. what they're doing yeah. and everything else yeah. comes. And I think that came from my involvement in football. Sure, it probably didn't come from, from a Dean aspect. We just so did things because age, we, we surrendered. But what age what age was your passion for footy and, for, uh, and how that took ever place? Ever since I was as as long as I can remember, as a young kid, because well, I had older brothers, alhamdulillah, very fortunate enough to have brothers that played local footy. Okay. Weren't very supported by my parents and something okay. that I can touch on too. But <laughs> you know, they weren't supported, but they still played local footy. They played with a club that was majority Muslims, Lebanese. A lot of punch-ons, yes. <laughs> a lot of games called off at three-quarter time, et cetera, which wasn't pleasant because oh, I was always wow. a lover rather than a fighter and just hated when there was fights on because, you know, I was, I was a young kid that thrived on quarter time, half time, three-quarter time, full time, mm. jumping on that footy field and kicking the footy and bombing those goals from 50, 60 metres. Yeah. Yes, as a young kid, you know. Wow. And I loved that and just – um. And every time the footy, the game would get called off, it meant we had to go home early. Yes, yes. So you'd look forward to the weekend to go watch your brothers play your contested footy, yeah. and all of a sudden things would get called off. But um, at a very young age, I grew the grew for love for football. And my footy was my life. Honestly, it was my life. It was school. It was front yard, local park. It was the lounge room. I remember we used to a sock. We used to grab a sock or a couple of socks and, you know, make sure they were taped up properly and use that as a, as a football, football, have goals in the lounge room. We're talking about a five-by-five five space or whatever. Wow. So the love was always there. There was passion there. I grew up as a Carlton supporter. Oh, wow. Know? Yeah, I grew up, I think, because Milhanna was um, Lebanese, uh, yes, that's Lebanese right. background. He was the first. And, uh, well, not first. Yeah, but yeah, he was obviously the first Lebanese please, yes, player. Yes, and, right. you know, um, so we, we grew up watching uh, Rich, uh, Colin, um, Carlton. Carlton. And they were, they were pretty successful around the 95 era, 90, yeah. you know, 99 Etc. So, um, did you did you, at that young age? Did you ever have a goal to play for AFL? Was that, that was it? Was just enjoyment. Was enjoyment. Just, enjoyment up until the age of fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, pure enjoyment. Play footy, kick goals, win games, go home, just have fun, have fun, and that's the way it should be. I think at a young age, it should be. I mean, probably today is a little bit different, but back then it was all about just enjoyment. Wow. You know, showing your talent, and then picking the right time to say, you know what. This is what I want to do, or this is something I don't want to do. I so want to, yeah. Were you playing at a local club there? Yeah, I was playing for a Spotswood Football Club, who were, uh, were a, a great club. Um, my brother played there, and he kind of decided that this was the club for me to be at because he played there. Good eth- ethics, good values, pretty successful. Um, so my brother was always a believer of putting me at a club that was, was successful. Successful, yeah. You know, he's got a good reputation. So, so alhamdulillah, you had brothers that yeah. were so you had a lot of foundational perspectives that also could elevate you yeah. to the sort of in the football world because yeah. like you weren't alone really. Is, no, no, my older brothers were playing, but weren't weren't supported. So when I say weren't supported, that our parents weren't they weren't sport driven. It was all mm. about education for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, alhamdulillah, we've got Because we've got one doctor. Yeah, we've got right? one doctor, mashallah. He's, one uh, lawyer? <laughs> no, not a lawyer. We've got two landscapers. <laughs> uh, okay. In saying that, those landscapers were probably all equally, if not smarter than the doctor. Wow. I don't know what happened, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, they probably chased something else out there in it's life that got the better of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But mashallah, they are amazing human beings, mm. uh, very uh, street smart business. Like, and they're being, they're very successful like girl, like from a business business perspective. My sisters are very smart. They're they're school teachers. Oh, mashallah, um, and they 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 did very well at university. Ended up being school teachers because it kind of was the best fitted job for a mum. Take their kids to school, yeah. same school, and. Uh, 
and you're still making or having an impact on community and students. So your brother, your brother's paved the way pretty much for you to in be comfortable enough where your parents were able to accept what you're doing. Yeah, and, and, and my older brother was kind of almost a role model to me, you know. Although we are chalk and cheese uh, <laughs> in terms of our upbringing and the way we live our life and experience things in life. You know, my brother's, I'm not shy to mention that, my brother's given me the give me the light to speak a little bit about, you know, his, his journey. And I've actually mentioned that in my book, uh, you know, how we were chalk and cheese, but yet I still looked up, up to him as a role model. You know, he was my, he was like the money man. You know, he had money, he had cars, he had dress code. And, you know, as a young kid, you look up to that, you know. Yeah. Uh, not really religious. And alhamdulillah, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, you can't judge an individual. Yeah. It's, uh, but he's come a long way, you know. It's amazing how kind of I'm almost a role model to him as well. Oh, yeah. 10 years does, younger. It does, it does. And yet I'm always reminding him about being God conscious. And, bro, oh, like when are you going to grow up? Like, bro. <laughs> Like a schnotzak, what, what's what, what's missing in your life, you know? Bro, you got to pray, bro. This is the bare minimum we should be doing. So that constant reminder that, wow. you know, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, you can always have an influence in society, uh, you know? And my brother, like I said, whilst I looked up to him in many ways, yet he still looks up to me in many Allah, ways as well. Allah. So you can't kind of com compliment each other. Compliment each other. And, Mashallah. you know, that's the journey we live on, 100%. you know? None should be seen above anyone else. Amen. Wherever you can... Um, you know, grow from, then use the opportunity to grow. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. So my parents weren't supportive, but my brother was there. <laughs> but now? He got, yeah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> now we're finished. We're khadiyar now, as we say in Arabic. We're, we're old now. We're paving uh, the path for, for the new generation. But, yeah, my parents weren't, weren't obviously supportive of, of sport in general. And, and that was the motto. For them, it was sport was the vehicle that would drive us away from education. Yeah. Why? Because we had a successful doctor, surgeon. Then we had two brothers that were very smart, but yet they thought that, Injuries, sport, drove them away from education. Oh, wow. My brothers will argue differently, um, but khalas, they didn't have that complete passion for education. Sure. Yeah. Um, they went to uni, but obviously didn't complete. They played billiards and <laughs> hang out with the boys at the cafes, and, yeah. and we know what else yeah, along yeah. the journey. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Any, like, just sort of to dig into sort of your younger self, and I'd love to know, like, the young Bash, yeah. uh, you know, what kind of person were you? What kind of, like, Child, where you were like, mm. we hyperactive kid, where you, where you just kid that was driven, where you focused, yeah. like just sort of, it's, it's just amazing how many people can familiarize themselves with different people, and yeah. you get kids that currently at the moment the way they are, yeah, and that see how you were and sort of understand that. Yeah, it's it's very hard to pinpoint exactly the person I was. I was a quiet uh, person, to be honest. Um, I I would speak when I need to speak. Uh, although I was a leader by actions, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, all my years that I captained Victoria from the ages of 15 to 18, all those state teams, I captained those teams, not because I was the most vocal, but rather uh, I felt like I would lead lead by action, um, do all the right things as, as much as possible. And alhamdulillah, uh, in the end, that paid off. Mm. Yeah, but how, how did you uh, get that? Like the question is like, like what was it that drove you to be that? You know what I mean? Oh, I think what drives me is the fact that you've got a goal. You've set yourself a goal to become an AFL player. And you just look at, okay, why isn't there others that have made it? So obviously there's there's some, there's a missing piece here. Mm. And, you know, and it's very important. And this is a message obviously to the youth that, you know, you're growing at 14, 15, you've got ambitions and goals in life. Hey, it's very hard to do on your own. You either got to have a role model that you can look up to that you can obviously work with, or you got to have a mentor that truly cares and, and, and kind of is on the same journey as you. Yeah. And I had that. I had a mentor. You know, I had a mentor who was a bit older, probably a little bit older than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he had passion and love and drive for football. And 
You know, he, he played footy himself. And he believed in you. That's and he believed. Key. He believed in me. He's seen something in me at the age of 14. And he would come and watch me. And I never kind of got to know him properly until that age of 15 where things started to become a little bit serious. And, you know, we had that conversation of, you know, he kind of put uh, in me, he put trust and confidence in me that, hey, bro, you've got what it takes. Trust me. This is him speaking. Trust me. I've seen what is out there in the community for many years. He goes, bro, you've got what it takes. Wow. Just that, How just, much? Just do you, that belief, huh? Do you want it? Do you want it? I said, mate, do I want it? Of course I want it. I love playing footy. And yeah, that's my ultimate dream. I want to play for Carlton one day at the age yeah. of 14, that was. When I was 16, I changed yeah. it. I mean, I've become very mutual. <laughs> I wasn't a supporter of one club. But I was, a, I was a, this, this really passionate Carlton supporter, bro. Love. Watch games and um, analyse and know numbers and know players and know the history. Allah. Stuff like, you, I feel you, a little bit guilty about it because I should know the Sahaba and the Prophets <laughs> and, and their history. And, but, yeah, as a kid, that's what you do. You know, you grow up yeah. loving a sport yeah. and, you know, a team and, you, you know, you really you learn about them. And so, so the passion was there. Um, the drive was there, but I just needed that kind of extra boost and I yeah. got that from my mentor. So I think yeah. the message to the youth that, hey, if you want to achieve something in life, yeah. tag, tag along with someone. Yeah. Find out someone in your life that can help you along that journey and they'll yeah. be there. There's always people in the community that yeah. will help you and assist you. It's got to be your journey. Yeah. You just got to ask. You got to ask. It's kind of like we, we, we sort of have the same perspective here because even through our staff that work for us, mm. when they hear us like saying – we believe in you. you yeah. You, you're going to be a manager one day. And yeah. they look at you like, me? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I said, man, you got the smarts. You got yeah. the capacity. What are you missing? An arm? What are you mm. missing? Yeah. And they look at you like, me? I said, yeah, you'll see. Yeah. And subhanAllah, just having that person believing in you. Mm. Yeah, is the key. Telling you, I believe in you. Yeah. You suddenly believe in yourself even more. Of course. And then that is reassured further down. Yeah, of course. But that, 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 you touch on a very important topic because obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big footy fan. I mm -hmm. never played footy. I did play once with Matt Arbushi, but <laughs> anyway, it's a long story. But I, there was a lot of talent, a lot of Muslim talent that actually had the capacity to go all the way. Mm. But I, you touch on a very important topic that they just didn't have the right attitude. Yeah. They didn't have the right character. Mm. You know, when the heat, the heat, when the heat was on, yeah. they, lo they lost their, you know, everything yeah. on, the, on, on that field yeah. where – no one wanted to take uh, loose cannon, as they say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But mashallah, you had that, like from a young age, just mentioning it now, that yeah. you had that control of your emotions. And the last thing you wanted was to have a fight on the field. You wanted to play yeah. You wanted to play the game. Mate, subhanAllah, there's so many things, obviously, that contribute to where I am at the moment. And um, you know, it all starts at the low level. And, uh, and, and you know, you're obviously your mindset as a young kid. And you know, I could just remember as a young kid, especially as a 15-year-old, when – Kind of that was, okay, this is what I want to do and this is what it takes to get there. And obviously it wasn't all off the off my own bat in terms of, you know, jotting down exactly what I need to do. It's through mentors, right coaches, right people in the industry. Say, hey, this is what you got to do. You do A, B, C, then you're on the right path. If you don't, then you're not going to be. But, you know, I remember like just giving the example, like, yeah. you know, I used to have a cheat day. Saturday, Saturday night was my cheat day. Wow. And cheat day was meant go eat and drink as you like. Okay. Yeah, and you just – Junk food, whatever Coke, whatever. Uh, but to give you the the attitude, and, and while this is not a means of bo boasting about the person I am, but just more rather that this is how much I wanted to become an AFL football player. player. You know, I would train, train so hard throughout the week just so I can reward myself on the Saturday night. I would reward myself, no doubt. Maccas back then, you know, uh, unhealthy stuff, okay? But guess what? 
the feeling after that, we all know the feeling after yeah, eating yeah, bad food, yeah? yeah? yeah. It's not great. It's not no. pleasant. No. I had fish and chips last night. And even I was guilty. <laughs> Went and done a sauna session. Not that I did anything. But my feeling was, oh, my God, what have I just done? And this wow. is every single week. And even ask my own brothers, you know, the one. Saturday night I used to hang out at my brother's house. He was married, alhamdulillah, and we used to, I used to spend my time. Because he was, mate, his pantry was full of everything, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it's, and I'd eat and everything and then finish. Wallahi, this would be like dark at night. Feel that guilty, whack my shorts on, whatever, and go for a 10K run. Wow. Yeah. This is no doubt every every Saturday night, even though it probably was worse for me because I just felt not great, yeah, yeah. okay, but that was the guilt that I had in my heart. You know what? I'm so grateful for that. Why? It was probably the, not the right thing to do there and there, but that showed that I cared. Yeah. Yeah. I had a care factor, and I felt like every decision that I made in my life was going to be factored in in terms of the ultimate journey, Mashallah. what I wanted to achieve. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of the growth mindset. That's part of me taking that next step. So it resonates. It resonates. Yeah. So subhanAllah, your... like um, that was the individual I was, you know, and there was, there was times, there was times like throughout my journey where I was challenged. Injuries. Number one, number one is injuries. You know, times where I couldn't run. You know, was it, was I the person that would sit down on the couch, get lazy, put on weight and wait for that time I can, when I return to start running and start running? Or what, was I that person? What, what, what kind of injuries did you have? I had a lot. I had Achilles injuries, had lower back injuries. And, wow. You know, through the ages of 15 to 18, I was very challenged, very challenged. Yeah, whilst it was the most important years of my life and I still captain Victoria because I managed to be fit around those important times. But there was times where, you know, I was down for four or five months at, at a specific time. And, wow. you know, as a 15, 16-year-old young man, it's challenging because you want to be playing football. You want to be playing for your mates. You want to be doing the stuff that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And whilst I was restricted, you know, I could have easily just sat back and said, you know what, when the time's right, I'll get back on the footy field and expect to be on top of my game. That's mm. not the way it works. Because guess what? As you grow, people catch up. Mm. You know, I was this dominant athlete at the age of 12, 13, 14, 15, kicking goals, winning best and fairest, et cetera. But there comes a time where people catch up. People grow. I was big. Off, at the age of 14, I was this big. With this beard almost. Oh, wow. So lot. You know, I was very mature for, sure. for, young, for a young man and I grew very early. But guess what? At the age of 15, everyone caught up. Yes. 16, everyone caught up. So whilst I was dominating the competition, you know, if I sat down and not done much about my development, people would have caught up to me and then it would have been double as hard to catch up. Wow. And then by then you kind of looked upon as, uh, you know, just a, you're another footballer out there. Yeah. But, you know, I was willing to make the right decisions through the right mentorship out there sure. and say, hang on. Hey, you, just because you can't run, you can't train. You know, I remember learning how to swim. I didn't know how to swim. Oh, but wow. I knew that if I maintained some sort of fitness elsewhere, I'd be right when I get back. I'll have some sort of base mm. fitness in me. Yeah. So I learned how to swim at the age of 15, 16. Uh, amazing. My brother, who was, uh, alhamdulillah, the money man, <laughs> you know, he went and bought me a 2004. I don't remember. I don't forget this. And I, I forget a lot of things in my life. <laughs> But I don't, I don't forget the moment when my brother forked out $2,400 to go buy a bike back then. It was a road bike. Oh, wow. And I was doing 250Ks a week on the bike, you know, three times a week, subhanAllah, just busting my backside just to maintain some sort of fitness and strength. You know, I was doing Pilates at the age of 16 back then. Pilates Pilates was just for females, man, <laughs> not for males, yeah? My but I did, it, but I did it because I needed to build my, my, oh, my, my core to ultimately build my lower back muscles, which was the injury at the time. So. Oh. Whatever the coaches said, I was willing to do. And with that mentality and attitude, then you're on the road to success. Whatever Allah plans after that, He plans. Can I ask you, obviously the transition of you becoming a Victorian captain and going through that, 
you know, culturally, footy, going change rooms, yep. beer, alcohol. How, how did you find that culture? Because a lot of the boys, especially a lot of our parents back in my days anyway, when the boys were going into this career path, their parents were very reluctant because of the culture, yeah. because of that, you know, of I, I don't need to tell you, but yeah. how was that journey for you along that way with, with, with AFL and, and uh, Look, uh, AFL is one story, but let's, let's just talk about um, – Let's take a back step. Yeah. Because now we're talking to an audience right now who are going in the ranks that are trying to, you know, find a career pathway. And if it's if it's sport, you know, uh, then this is this is for them. Yeah. This is one of the stories that might resonate with them and, you okay. know, they can use for them, uh, use to move forward uh, and so, ways to tackle certain issues that are challenging, that no doubt. Um, but subhanAllah, like as a young, young man, I was very quiet, but yet I was a leader. So whenever I would say something or do something, it, it had meaning behind it, which was great. And I think that comes from also being one of the dominant players in the footy team, sometimes the best player in the team. Um, so you get that kind of respect in, in, the, in the team. But, um, you know, early on I was shy. I was shy of my identity. Let's just face it. You know, as a 14-, 15-year-old kid, you know, praying on the side of the change rooms, we've all had those experiences, yeah? yeah. yeah? Uh, halal food. You know, we, we didn't want to be the ones that will put our hands up and say, hey, yeah. we need halal food. Yeah. We just go with the flow. We didn't eat the food, but That's always right. made excuses in that. Right. I think today there's no excuses for the youth. All the hard work is done by guys such as yourself, uh, guys who Surely. are similar to, to, to my uh, upbringing, yeah. who, have, who have kind of, you know, paved the paved path, the way, yeah. Yeah, paved the way for it where people are educated now about Islam. People know that these are the do's and don'ts about Islam. Majority of people. You know, when you walk into a footy, uh, a local footy club, people know that Muslims need a prayer room. They need halal food. They need flexibility around Ramadan. We've done years and years of education around this field or this space to make it easier for the next generation to grow up. So what makes me disappointed is that we should stop using these excuses that we feel like we're not going to be accepted. Please eliminate this. It was harder in my days. It was harder. It's easier for your days. It was even harder for your, your, you guys, but, that's that's the role of us being role models in the community to sure. make it easier for the next generation growing up. I mean, and I'm sure they'll be facing certain challenges, like our youth today will be so facing now social challenges, social media, that sort of stuff. Where hey, it was a bit easier for us back then. Yeah, so it's yeah, a yeah, like just yeah. when you think you've you've mastered something, there's always another <laughs> issue. One, yeah. uh, and but that's the way the world revolves. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, you come t- bring it back to, to to your values and what you stand for, sure. and you and, and you go by that. And subhanAllah, I was like I said before, I was always. You know, I was always proud of my identity, but I just didn't find the way. I couldn't find the way to say, hey, this is who I am until I was 16 years old. 16. Why 16? 16, I traveled uh, to Adelaide to play the state championships. I was captaining the team. So alhamdulillah, the respect was there. I was rooming with two non-Muslims. Under 15s, I played for the national championships, but... And that was in Queensland, but I went with my dad and I ruined with my dad. So <laughs> prayer and that was easy. Halal food, we just go down Caval Ave, get a kebab, you know, <laughs> and we're all sweet. Dad would cook for me as well because we rented an apartment. Sure. But as a 16-year-old, we actually traveled as a team. We stayed in the same facility. So I had to room with non-Muslims. And for someone that was consistent in his salat, wow, so what do I do now? Do I keep stepping out of the hotel room to perform my prayers? Halal food, like, bro. The only thing I can do is eat vegetarian food. Like, and, you know, back then the halal options were less. Yeah. Now you can go pretty much anywhere and things are halal. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's easier. It's easier for us and, uh, you know, to, to, to make those right decisions. But, you know, I had to have those conversations with roommates and say, you know, to them, hey, this is who I am and this is what I do. And, you know, alhamdulillah, I had that support for my teammates. And I said, mate, 
yeah, like, let's see what, what it is, what it's all about. You know, I had to get one guys that to, to put the music down or turn the TV off just to perform my prayer. And, and uh, you know, the respect that I got as a result was like, I'm like, wow, that wasn't that hard. Mm. And that kind of motivated me. And I always treat that moment as the turning point in my life from an Islamic perspective where I was proud of who I am, you know. Amazing. And sometimes it, it, took, it took a non-Muslim to make me grow, or grow, make me, help me grow in confidence to be proud of my identity. SubhanAllah. Allah. You know what I mean? Um, so from there, That's I just amazing. grew. And, and anywhere I went, SubhanAllah, I just had that uh, belief that, you know, I can, I can say to people, this is what I need. Um, uh, and uh, did you yeah, have any respect? Did you ever, ever have a, a situation where you felt? Never. 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 You know, SubhanAllah, Allah, people Allah. say, oh, bro, surely there's a moment in your life where you, you know, you felt like, you know, you were tested from an Islamic perspective or people you know, knocked you back and made things difficult. They made, made things difficult. But wallahi, wallahi, you know, normally you remember moments, yeah, especially yeah. because something, something's important yes. to you and it gets knocked back for any reason. You remember that. But I can't remember any moment. Allah. Wallahi, any, any, any uh, club that I went to, any environment that I went to, I was always too supported, as if there's such a thing. You know, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by that, the fact that I was so supported when it came to my uh, Islamic needs, salah, room, time, halal food, bro, I had to have to have my my food early on until I made everything halal, <laughs> you know, except obviously the ham. But <laughs> you know, it was everything was packed and was given. It was given to me. Wow. You know, prayer room, bro. I used to, bro. The room was there. The masalaya, the the prayer mat was there. It was ready for me. Wow. Everything, wallah, just so easy. The Ramadan, Friday prayers. You know, they having that conversation was like second nature. I was like, yeah, no worries. But I think what is, what's important, and this is a message to the youth once again, all right, Islam, you, you don't educate Islam through aggression. You know what I mean? There's ways of doing it. And we go back to the teachings of our Prophet Wasallam, and the way he was the example for humanity, not just for Muslim, was through wisdom. Everything he did was calculated. Obviously, it was all through the inspiration of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, but he had wisdom in, in his approach. His now, principle. I'm not saying that this is the person I am. But he is my role model, and I have to look up to him and lead by by his way. So you know that's why I say like I grew up loving my deen and loving my prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it's something I always try to educate and try to motivate the youth. Hey, you know you can have other role models, but ultimately your true true role model out there is the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Even though he existed fourteen hundred fifty years ago, fourteen hundred fifty years ago. His ethics, his values, his morals, his way of life exists today oh, yeah. and will exist to the day of Dave judgment. Amen. There's no doubt about that. So alhamdulillah, there's conviction in there. Sure. And when you have that, it helps you. It, wallahi helps you. Allah, 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 Allah provi provides. He provides ways. Wallahi, when you, when you give up something for his sake, Allah will always open up a path that is better for you. And sometimes you say, wow, how did that happen? But Allah's the best of planners. Allah's the you only share, provider. Share one of those moments for us. <laughs> we share one of those moments where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I don't know where, like, where you thought, like you said, like if yeah. you find the path, like he's giving you a path. Early days, it's hard. It's very hard, Allah, because I was in you know, this roller coaster and you're just living a life. But as you grow older, you, grow, you gain more wisdom and you, you, you hang on to things and you say, Allahu Akbar, like, bro, like I did this and as a result, Allah has given me this. You know, I, there's moments and we've had all these experiences, you know, whether you play football or don't play football. But when you give something for the sake of Allah, Amen. or you give up something for the sake of Allah, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala translate that or converts that into something greater. Amen. You know, and I had many opportunities, especially post 2017 premiership. 
you're on top of the world, all right? People want a piece of you. People want to have functions with you, especially if you're one of the more dominant players. Sorry to say, but you get more opportunity out there. People want to speak to premiership players and stuff for that. And yeah, all right, I accepted. But there were certain things. And you know how it is. Success in in, in that industry is alcohol, pubs. (laughs) You know, whilst I was not drinking, but still I was around that vicinity or that, that environment. But I gave it up and I always said that, Allah be awit. Allah will 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 he'll he'll reward me otherwise. And if yeah. it's not monetary, he'll reward me otherwise. And if it's not, it's yeah, in the hereafter. I mean, you know, having that conviction yeah, that you're yeah, yeah, in your yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. But that comes with 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 experience. That comes with being, you know, growing up, growing uh, you know, appreciation for Deen and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. That was, you know, one of many examples that whenever I would give up something, by Allah within weeks, within weeks, another opportunity will rock up will pop up an ambassador role, which was like double that money, triple that money, or, or or money will come into my account. You know what I mean? Someone someone was gifted me. I said, man, where'd this come from? Where, where? We have given yeah. up so much sometimes mm-hmm. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has replaced yeah, that, tenfold. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the test. That's the journey. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, oh, oh you who believe, you think mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave you? Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the test of the faith because you claim to say, oh, I have values and I have... Come here, let's test those values. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, where's, I mean? the, where's the biggest one? <laughs> yeah. Through money. Through money, yeah. yeah. Well, like, that was a perfect <laughs> test. <laughs> like, so, the, the, what about the, the fame factor? Like, yeah. I, I can only imagine, as you said, everybody wanted a piece of you. Yeah. And subhanAllah, like, I know, I, I know, mashallah, you have a very soft and, you know, you're an introvert, I'm natural, you're a natural introvert, mashallah, I can see. So, you know, how did you deal with that fame when people all want to, like, want a piece of you? Come, we need to speak to you. Everyone jumps on you and, and, and how did you deal with that? Like, how was that? Like, how, how, when did you start getting that and how did you deal with it? Like, as a young chap, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I can only imagine the challenges you faced yeah. at a young age where yeah. people just swarm you and, you know. You yeah. know no, I, I like that. think every time I've seen you, you're always open to yeah. speaking to the youth, signing their jerseys. You know, yeah. my, my Janae to this day has got your jer- <laughs> jersey. But is that, is that through time? Is that Yeah, like, obviously, the, the, you know, it started once you became an AFL player. Yeah. Let's just face it. Like as a junior, bro, you're a junior. You're going through the ranks. No one's to hang out with you, bro. At the end of the day, no one's a piece of you. But once you become kind of a registered AFL player, people want to jump on board. And and, be, and you know what? Alhamdulillah. Like I, I never took advantage of that. I, I, I done my best. And this is obviously through my upbringing. Just as best as possible, just humble yourself. And the reality is you're a human being, bro. Just because you kick a footy around, don't don't think you're better than anyone else. I knew that people were watching me and that was kind of a help me in a way. Yeah. It kind of motivated me in a way to be actually a better Muslim because I wanted to be that positive example role sure. model for the Muslims. How, how did the feel yeah. to have the eye on you? Like, like I don't know, like I, I personally hate it. Like I personally yeah. hate the, the eye on, you know what I mean? Like you can yeah, see yeah. so many ayun on you, bro. And then we're, yeah. Like you can walk into a restaurant, you can walk into yeah. any place and it's like, yeah. you know, some people would just swarm you and some was just like, like, you know, yeah. how, how, how was that? Like, That's, I don't know, I just probably just second nature in the end and just never, never, never use that to my advantage for anything, you know, whether to get a free meal or, you know, to, to be seated in a better area. I I was always the one that wanted to take the backstage. Wallahi, I just, you know, hoodie on, less noticed. So alhamdulillah, I've... uh, Is that that where your passion for fishing and hunting comes? What's that? To switch off? Switch off. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So you switch off. Yeah, you know, you think about fishing, you know, you're kind of isolated a bit uh, and hunting, you are isolated. And sometimes as a human being... You know, I, I, subhanAllah, when I was playing footy, you know, when I used to go hunting with family groups and that, I always wanted to go with less family members and less people because I just wanted time for myself, you know. And people sometimes just call me like a, 
loner. People snob. used to think, like, bro, like, no, not a snob, <laughs> but I would go walking about on my own. I'd put, put on a backpack uh, and go for a walk in the bush. Why? Just to really have myself time. And they said, bro, how do you do it? Why do you, don't you get scared if something happens to you? So I said, bro, something, you don't understand what I'm going through here. Like, I just, I really love that self time and I don't get that back at home. And that's, you know, reality is everywhere you go, especially in Victoria, everywhere you go, you get noticed. And uh, sometimes you just want to, your hair loose, bro. Not yeah. to say that I wasn't being a naughty boy or anything. Like, what can you possibly do in a bush? <laughs> but I just wanted that self time. And sometimes I go on the boat on my own. You know, yeah. even though it's probably against the sunnah to go on your own and that. But sometimes I do go just to just to really like um, to have my own self time. You know, whether it's just even just going and reciting the Quran in the open area and you know having that feeling of just just me time. You know, um, as opposed to when I finish footy, I just I wanted to be around people. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Actually, like now I'll go hunting trips like. Well, my brother will tell me, well, I think, yeah, I think there's going to be about 40 people coming. I go, alhamdulillah, lo come. Before I'm like, bro, no, 15, that's it, maximum. Oh, wow. Now it's like 40, 50 people, bro, the more the merrier. Why? Because, halos, I just, I just, I just change. I want to be around people, you know, yeah. I, you want to, you know, because I, I know back then was just, I know where it came from because it was constant questions, constant, constant. questions and people, you know, wanting to know. And it's like, bro, I move away from football. And the last thing I want to do is talk about footy. Yeah. Now you can talk about footy, but guess what? I'll give you nothing because I'm not even interested in football. Oh, I'm not wow. invested. Talk, talk about other stuff. Talk it's about like a doctor always talking about this. You know what you I mean? You just got out of surgery. Leave me alone. Wallah, bro. You know, sometimes when you step away from the footy field, you just want to, you don't want the last thing you want to talk about is, is footy. Akbar. And I came from a family that loves footy. <laughs> I come from a community that loves football. So the last thing I want to do is talk about footy. But I never. I mean, I, as far as I can remember, I never like knock back someone because they asked me a question and said, you know what, enough, enough, bro, leave me alone. I always would make time, but Shalom. I just, I was exhausted by the time I went home because I walk away from footy club spending seven or eight hours and then I'm talking about a footy for another four or five hours. I get home pretty exhausted. Oh, then I got to do it all over again the next day. So Shalom. alhamdulillah, bro, uh, I got through. And uh, How many kids yeah. do you have now, mashallah? I got three kids. Boys, girls. Yeah, two older girls and a younger boy. So I've got uh, Sarah, Maryam, and Muhammad. Muhammad's three How and old? a half. Nine, six, and three. Mashallah. So I've timed it very well. So alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, protect them and protect all our kids. I always wanted to be at a Melbourne club. You know, I didn't want to travel and leave my family. Obviously, we're all family people here, and we love to be around community and that. And, you know, at the age of 17, that's when I kind of really attached myself to the masjid. And I grew that relationship with my local mosque, my local imam, sure. the same people. And, you know, subhanAllah, I read a, I read a hadith, you know, obviously, because I was always interested in learning and advancing myself sure. from Islamically. You know, one of the hadith that I always, that I came across at the time and something I always, always, I always remind my brothers and sisters and particularly my brothers is that the person that surrounds himself and around the masjid, you know, obviously he's in the protection and the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of sure. judgment. Uh, the person who prays in Isha and Fajr in congregation at the masjid gets the reward of the you know, whole night of prayer. Like I thought to myself, man, so you know, sometimes there's always something in life that catch that catches your eyes and you say, you know what? This is what I want to be. This is this is what I want to practice. Wow. And that kind of always, you know, sometimes you forget, remember stuff and sometimes you forget stuff. Yes, yes. That's one thing that I always remember. And I always said that I'm 17. Once I get my license at 18, Khalas. My pledge now to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Fajr, Isha in the masjid, non-negotiable. non-negotiable. Unless I'm traveling. And you ask the people and, you know, subhanAllah, you don't, sometimes you don't have to say things. People can testify on your behalf. And it's something that I'm proud of. Wallahi, I'm proud of. And it's something that I, I encourage the youth to do, to surround yourself in good environments. And the number one environment is the masjid. 
because generally there are quality people there. You know, you got your mam, you got quality people, people there. People are going to make that effort. going to be quality. <laughs> got to make it an effort. It's, it is an effort, bro. It's an effort getting up yeah, on Fajr and going to the It is, it is. But wallahi, you know, if I miss a, a prayer at Fajr, we're not missing Fajr. We're not missing Fajr. Wallahi, I'm not saying this to boast, but rather just to, to, to give you an understanding where I am in my life that if I miss Fajr through missing an alarm or through snoozing, it's as if I've actually missed Fajr. Even though I got up 10 minutes late oh, wow. and I've prayed. Like when I say 10 minutes late, I'm talking about wow. before shuruk. Yeah. The feeling is like, it's like, you know, the, the hadith of when you pray fajr in congregation, you're in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Wallahi, I had experience about two, three weeks ago. I was in Sydney. I didn't go to fajr. Normally when I go to Sydney, Queensland, I still find my way to a masjid. Yeah. Allah I decided, you know what? I think I think I need a bit of a sleep in here. I'm going <laughs> to get up, pray at 4 a.m. in the morning, go back to sleep till 6.30 and get up and continue with my day. Bro, my day wasn't blessed. Allah. Wallahi, my day was not blessed. I was tired. I had no energy. When I went and spoke to the schools and stuff like that, I had no energy. And then I looked back, I reflected at midday. I said, man, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? I spoke to one of my mates that was with me. I said, bro, what's wrong with me? You know? I go, ah, I've worked it out, bro. Bro, we didn't pray Fajr in the masjid. He looked at me, he goes, bro, come on. Come on, serious. Subhanallah. He goes, he goes that. I said, wallahi, that is the reason. And why, why it's the reason? Because the Prophet ﷺ has told us when you pray in congregation, you're in the projection and there's only goodness that comes out. Allah. You know, I didn't miss my prayer, but I didn't pray at the masjid. So something as a young kid, something as a young kid, as a seven-year-old, I read the hadith, it stuck, it resonated. I stuck by it. I still stick by it till today and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow me to stick by it because I want to be Amen. one of the seven. Yeah. One of the seven that will be shaded on the Day of Judgment. And one of them, want to be part of the category. It is a person that his heart, his heart is attached to the masjid. It's just, we're just lazy at times. We're yeah, just yeah, lazy yeah. at times and we need to be inspired by someone else. And I'll give you a very quick short story as well. Like I was that. at home after my accident and this is something that makes me feel proud. And there's many stories that inspire you and make you feel proud. But one of the brothers who was a mature age brother, he came and visited me and uh, I, was, I, was in, I was bedridden for 10 weeks, wheelchair, sure. from the bed to the wheelchair, bed to the wheelchair. I couldn't go to masjid. Every now and then someone would pick me up, but it was a, it was a nightmare getting into the into the car for wheelchair and stuff like that, masjid and stuff like that. I'd do it once a day, once every two days, based on visitors and how I felt. But I got a little bit better, and then I, I got to a stage where, subhanAllah, I uh, I was transitioning between the, 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 the wheelchair stage and the crutches stage. You know what I mean? And, um, and subhanAllah, I was sharing the experience. I said, you know, the one thing I do miss, man, Wallahi, the one thing I missed throughout the whole time of my 10 weeks is my connection to my Fajr at the Masjid. Wallahi, wow. Wallahi, I feel incomplete. Wallahi, I felt incomplete. I felt incomplete. And this brother's listening to what I'm saying. And then another brother, he goes, bro, what do you, what do you, what do you, make, hard, what do you make things hard for you? Like, you got an exemption. I said, I understand I have an exemption. And I know Allah's rewarding me as if I'm playing, praying at the Masjid. Because in the al yeah, you know, you'll be based, you'll be judged based on your intention. And physically, I can't do it. I can't drive myself and that. But wallahi, wallahi, the feeling that I get in the masjid. And, you know, this person was telling that, you know, it's okay, don't be hard on yourself. The other person was listening. The next morning, I went to Fajr. My mate picked me up, subhanAllah. Allah. I was on crutches, you know, barely getting into the car. I said, well... My, one of my best mates, who was actually part of the accident, Hamdulillah, he's oh. the smart one that jumped out of the car. I heard, yeah, you know he, I mean? heard he was Hamdulillah, he was a, he's one of my you know close friends and you know my, my masjid partners, oh, let's call it. Yeah, and he picked me up and subhanAllah he picked me up, got to the mosque. I was sitting on the on my wheelchair praying. I looked to my I gave my salams, looked at the Mariah, and I seen this brother right there. He looked at me, he pointed to me and he said, You, 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 you. I looked at him, I go, What do you mean? He goes, You, me, I'm here because of you, like that. 
Allah. Like, oh, ya Allah. And you know what? I was just, I got, I got emotional. Wallahi, I got emotional at that moment because sometimes, you know, you know what, bro? You don't have to be the most knowledgeable person, but Amen. lead through actions and you watch the people that can follow you, especially for the right reasons. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And alhamdulillah, this person now is a regular and he was inspired by something that he thought to himself, I mean, I live three, four doors away from the masjid. Allah. You live five minutes away. You, you're still in a wheelchair and that, and you'll, you'll make it. So Allah, we're all inspired in different ways. I mean, you know, we're all on this journey. We're all here to continue to make a difference in society. Uh, and this is the beauty of Islam. Sure. You know, I mean, we got rewarded for all our actions, providing it's the right Allah, intention. Allah, Allah, Allah. How, how, how hard was the accident situation? Uh, what took place? I, I know it was very yeah. touch and go. I know you got flown from yeah. the accident. How, how was that? How, did it yeah, change so. your... Did anything like did you you know they, they say life death experiences yeah, yeah, change yeah, your world? Yeah. No. Wallah, boys, once again, I'm I'm extremely humbled. Wallah, and uh, as much as I can, I don't like to share my the way I live my life and my connection, etc. Because um, I don't want to be looked at as a person that boasts about himself. No, wallah, you know, wallah, 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 this, is, it, wallah. this is purely from a uh, from a way to inspire others. Amen, and inshallah, I'm continue. I continue to be inspired by others. Amen. And don't think this life is a journey. Life yeah. is a journey of growth. Amen. You know, even our imams, they shouldn't be complacent with their Amen. position. They should Amen. always look to be able to grow. Amen. You know, and that's through the, you know, obviously the learnings of the predecessors, the companions. They always there was always ways yeah. of growing. And you, you know, there's a saying, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And that <laughs> yeah. that that's subhanAllah, you can you apply that to to anything in life, oh, wow. Islamic or non-Islamic, yeah. Um yeah, so basically that that was a moment for me. Uh, it didn't change a lot of things, to be honest. To, to, to answer your question in very short, you know, do, do I look at life from a different perspective? No. And people are shocked by this. They go, bro, but you face death. You know, you face death. You were very moments away from death. To answer the question, bro, and this sounds like a, a saying from the Sahaba days. Alhamdulillah, amazing. But, wallahi, I feel like I live my life on the edge. Allah. I live my life where, you know, we're always looking for ways to grow. And yes, I am still growing from all aspects of it. But my fundamentals in my life from a deen aspect, they're well grounded, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Well, I, I feel like I'm I'm not awliya, I'm not a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not, no, far from, far from. I've still got so many room of, of growth, so much room for growth. But Allah. I'm at a stage where to be more grateful, Alhamdulillah, I've got that in my in my life. I'm so grateful for every little thing. Sorry, one thing I can be more grateful for is the amazing woman that I have in my life. Allah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. May Allah, Allah yahmiya and, and give her the strength. Amen. You know, I, it's not that I didn't appreciate her. It's not like I didn't appreciate her family. Um, but particularly my wife, you know, the way, bro, I, I got to a stage where I couldn't go to the toilet. Wow. I couldn't, and I felt this big. I felt so like this guy that was so powerful, was so strong. All of a sudden, a small accident, I'm so dependent on others. And number one was being my wife, Allah. you know, but I still felt comfortable. She, you know, she, she would change me. She would help me. Allah, um, uh, Allah and, 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 and grant her the highest level of Jannah for what she's, she's done for me Amen. and she's done for the children. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so I live my life, you know, th th it didn't change a lot of things. So it's not like I, you know, Allah, now I can go to the masjid a bit more. Wallah, I'm lacking in that. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. You know, that was down pat. Contentment in my life, I found that, bro. I found mm. contentment in my life. You know, I'm driven. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not driven for, for, for houses. I'm not driven for cars. I'm not driven for worldly material. 
Um, I do want it because I can do wonderful things with it. You know, sadaqah, zakat, etc. You know, I mean, we can all, you know, aim to be better and stuff like that. And you can never ask Allah not to give you because yeah, that's yeah. the wrong thing to do. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got more, there's more of responsibility. You can give more. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I've got contentment in my life. And that is the probably the biggest gift that someone can have when they've got contentment yeah, in their yes, life. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm having these constant discussions with people in this in society. Yeah. So handle this 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 world is like a rat race. Yeah. We keep chasing, 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 and by then Wins enough and enough. what you've got three houses what about then they want four five six you know obviously the hadith of the prophet <laughs> yeah, Salaam, when a, a man owns a mountain of gold what does he wish for he wishes for another one Hello, it's part of part of humanity part of man, man, mankind but if you can find contentment in your life yeah. then you found you found success yeah, you found the ultimate gift 100%. for everything in your life you know what i mean oh, so so when you are faced with hardship and you're faced with you know financial hardship whatever it may be if you've got contempt in your, li- in your life, yeah. it helps you. Allah, can, it helps you. Totally so, yeah. that was, so, it like, so, was the accident the biggest hardship you faced, would say? That, I think so. So the accident would by have far. been the biggest by, hardship by, you faced. By far the biggest hardship. You know, obviously the, the injuries that I suffered were, it was tough, bro. Wallahi, it was tough. But I got, I got, I got through it. I got Whoa, through I got it. Got. Not sorry, I shouldn't say I got through it. We got through it. Yeah. Wallahi, we got through it. You know, when I say we, my wife, my true friends around me, the mashayikh, the people that consistently visited me, and may Allah everyone, may Allah reward everyone, because I know thousands of people reached out and thousands yeah, of people sure. couldn't we're reach, all making could, for you, couldn't, couldn't come and yeah, support yeah. and physically be there. And, you know, obviously it was a tough time, but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward everyone. Wallahi, wallahi. But, you know, there was con- consistent people there always reminding you of the reality of life, you know, there to, to pick you up, you know sure. what I mean? And, you know, there was a moments where I, you know, that I completely, you know, um, was was helpless, but there was moments sometimes where I did get frustrated. You know, certain things, certain things where, you know, where little 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 gifts that you have in life, you know, that we should never take for granted. And one of them is going to the toilet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was taken away from me. You know, I had lack of control for certain things. And I, and I'm not sure to mention it because, bro, at the end of the day, we're all here to educate and to to grow from certain amen, things. Amen. But you know that little. Th- uh, ni'mah, blessing of going Allah. to the toilet, we take it for granted sometimes. Allah, yeah. It got taken away from me and now it's, now it's back. And you realize, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. <laughs> you know, I remember a moment, subhanAllah, I was, at the, I was at the sink washing my hands and I was still on the crutches, wheelchair at the time. And the bathroom was literally one meter and a half. And this is a moment, like subhanAllah, where I remembered that I couldn't make it to the, to the, to the toilet seat. Ya couldn't Allah. make it. And my little son was there and I grabbed the crutches and I slammed them. I had that moment. I had that moment. We're human beings, bro. Yeah, we have some moments where we where we crack and stuff like that. <laughs> I smashed the crutches. I got real frustrated, bro. I said, you know, like, Ya Allah, how insane, how a, a human being is da'if. Amen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created Allah. mankind weak. Yeah, and that was the ayah in the Quran. Subhanallah yeah. says, Wa khuliqa insana da'ifa. Subhanallah. And I go, you know what? That was a moment where he... Look at you, look at you. Like, just remember, humble yourself Allah, and Allah. stay steadfast because at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, you're, you're insane. You're we're nothing. all weak. You're weak. You're weak. We are so My son said to me, he goes, Baba, Baba, are you okay? Are you okay, Baba? Are you okay? And I looked at him, I go, yeah, Baba, I'm all right. And subhanAllah, I snapped at it real quick. You know, I, mean, I snapped at it. I go, alhamdulillah. Obviously, you know, obviously, he was grateful for everything and just punched on, punched yeah. on. And you know what? 
You know, the reality is along hardship comes ease. Mm. You know, you want answers, bro. Wallah, you don't have to go beyond <laughs> our faith, our deen. Wallah, We've got the answers for Wallah, everything. It's, all, you know it's ready there. But sometimes as Muslims we forget. Yeah. Yeah. And we need that constant reminder. That's why I was grateful, like, to have the right people. And, you know, there's times where I was a bit down, you know what I mean? And the people will pick you up. Exactly right. Obviously, you being at the brown low with your wife in hijab, those profound moments for, as a Muslim, mm. very proud moments. Yeah. I like better fiqh and being able to do that. Also, another thing that, you know, I'm not a big AFL yeah, yeah. lover, but but one thing I realised that you profoundly changed in Richmond Football Club is is a tradition like pouring alcohol in yeah. the cup and drinking. Yeah, yeah. How were you able to do that? Mm. To pr- profoundly change a culture, mm. you know, that's embedded. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, obviously, we know the answer. Obviously, with your character, mashallah. But mm. was that journey a long journey? Was yeah. it a short journey? That people, well, obviously, your teammates were part of that growth. Mm. Were saying, well, "No, we're not going to do this yeah. on behalf of respect to yeah. the Basha. Yeah, yeah. Can you take us through that journey, if you don't mind? It I, is a journey, wallah, because I, I, I love it. I yeah, love, I yeah, love, yeah. I love the way yeah. as an ambassador, mashallah, mm. you, you, you did that. It's yeah. profound because it's very hard. It's, yeah. it's very prophetic. It's very sunnah of yeah, the Rasulullah. I think a lot of a lot of our youngsters see such the big challenge there. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you can give us sort of that little pathway that you took, inshallah, yeah. will help Look, them across it, that way. Yeah, it's a journey. It is a journey. Like, and I always remind my academy students and the schools that I go to when I give talks about, hey. I didn't, I didn't personally, I didn't achieve this overnight. It took time. When I first walked into the AFL system, people knew I was a Muslim. But you know what? I was affected by the dust of haram. No doubt. You know what I mean? I would go to functions here and there. But wallahi, wallahi, when I look back, it was ultimately for the intention of education. You know what I mean? Allah. And uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would judge me. and judge my heart, my intentions. And, you know, even wearing the shorts and stuff. Like, like mate, I was, I was affected by the dust of haram. Let's just face it. You know, I wasn't this sheikh uh, leading... Example in all aspects. I had faults, and we've all got faults. I mean, but this was a journey, bro. Uh, and like I said before, and I touched on it before, that life is a journey. And the way the Prophet wasallam did it was through wisdom. All right, and I had my own ways of doing it. Okay, and I was inspired by obviously people around me, my sheikh and stuff like that. And they used to always remind me, hey, don't walk into any environment and lay the foundation straight away. Build respect. Nice. Um, build relationships with people around you. Amazing. And then advice. you can lay out a foundation. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to do it. Wallahi, they'll, they'll come to you. you. And yeah. I had so many examples where we had moments, moments where Wallah, they came to me, asked me a question, then you end up sitting on a dinner table for two dinner table for two hours, still talking about Islam. Allah. People are hungry. Amen. People are hungry. Wallah, they they look at you and say, "What makes you so happy?" <laughs> I want a piece of that. We had, we had that discussion two days ago. Yeah, so two days ago, we had that discussion. You guys are on drugs. Oh, bro. <laughs> they, they physically think we're on drugs or something. Yeah, like, why are you so Allah. happy? There's yeah. that question. Like, wh- how come you're like Everyone's miserable? Subhanallah, bro. Wallah, alhamdulillah. Wallah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah that the fact that we've got true purpose in our life. Amen. 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 And we know what we live, fight, live life for. And that's why, subhanAllah, we'll have those conversations. So it was a journey. It was a journey. You know, many conversations on dinner tables. But the foundation wasn't laid from the get-go. Uh, but what people, people knew I was a Muslim. But they didn't know exactly what the do's and don'ts. So it was, there, was, there was conversations in ice tubs. There was conversations in steam rooms. There was conversations on dinner tables, lunches, etc. Um, there was conversations sometimes at a function where there was alcohol alcohol at there were supporters and we spoke about Dean but as the years went on I grew something within me that I built enough respect in the whole AFL in the industry not just the Richmond Football Club that hey I can say I shouldn't be around there 
And I remember like one example, 2019, I got invited to the Brownlow Middle. Now I went to the Brownlow Middle in 2011, my first year at Richmond. Obviously polled a few votes. The club, you know, wanted me to go. I took my wife, sure never not. again. Uh, no, but uh, look, at the end of the day, it's, it's, we experienced it. Experienced it. It was dawah. It was dawah to an extent. Yes. All right. But there's other ways of doing dawah. So, you know, there was dawah to it as well. Brownlow wasn't, uh, you know, obviously the best environment. And then I said, promise, I said, never again. Hello. So, so they asked you to do it again? So they asked me in 2019. And I can understand because I actually polled a fair few votes in 2019. That was oh, my best year of my career. Alhamdulillah. Love. There was a premiership. There was a couple other things as well. Um, um, so that was the year I got, I got invited again. And by then, khalas, now I'm concrete. I'm concrete with my my ways, my values. People respect me, alhamdulillah. Whenever it comes to a dini issue, yep, no problems. We totally respect, you know what I mean? Um, and you do what you do. But what I did do is, hey, and this is no excuse. You know, youth might take this, oh, now, yes, okay, be firm on my deen, but that's it. I always looked for ways to substitute to make up. So whilst I couldn't do an appearance, for example, at a function where there was alcohol, I was always proactive with the footy club. I said, hey, yes, I know I'm not doing this and I'm not ticking my hours because we had to tick hours as, a, as an athlete. You know, there was I'm hours sure that well. we had to do, you know, sort of functions, school visits. As I, said, I said to him, whilst I can't do this, just to show him that, hey, I'm not taking an easy way out. Those hours that I'm missing at this function, I'm happy to do more school visits. I'm happy to do, do hospital visits, please. And you know what? Even though I didn't do a lot extra, they appreciated it. They said, you know what? We appreciate that because you're not looking for a way out. I said, guys, you know what's important to my life. Values is very important in my heart. My faith is very important. And if I'm violating those values, then I, 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 I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm not going to give you the best. I'm not going to give you the best. You know, and our coach was always big on that. He was so, family comes first. Wow. Fix your livelihood or your ways of life off the field. And yeah. this will transition on field. Yeah. You know what I mean? You bring it on the field. Bring it on the field. You're happy. You're <laughs> happy. You know what I mean? If you're happy off the field, you're going to be the best version of yourself on the footy field. Yes, you're going to play with your heart. You know what I mean? So that moment, I, 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 they, you know, AFL couldn't, couldn't agree. They said, oh, but why? You know, this and that. They wanted me to be there. I said, look, I'll speak to the AFL. I've got a good relationship with the AFL. So I picked up the phone. I spoke to the, one of the execs. And, and he was so understanding. I said, you know, this is my, my values and look, I'm not comfortable and I don't want to be around an environment that's comfortable. But I said, if I do or I, you know that I'm winning an award, a certain award, wherever it may be, I said, I'm happy to attend, to play my part on stage and then just quietly remove, remove myself. You know what I mean? Nice. But he respected that. You know what I mean? Wallahi and subhanAllah, when you explain things yes. and you make sense in certain things, yes. people understand, people respect. There but, will only be a minority of people that will be ignorant and we can't control yeah, that. What are we can do? But yeah. majority of people are understanding, but it comes back to your values and the way you handle yourself. I mean, it's a journey. Yeah. But, you know but, I mean? but also, but, but the, the language you were using, you didn't just put a brick wall. No, no. You, no. you, you, you let yeah. them know there, there is, is, there is alternatives. If, mashallah, yani, that's, that's what it's all you about. Know, a great too. example, and this, anyone who's involved in sports and in, in the corporate as well, you know, there, there are the Friday, Friday night drinks and stuff. Yeah. Like what are my advice to people out there that are Muslims that are, you know, practicing? Always look for alternatives, ways that you can make up. Because this is dawah ultimately. Yeah, you know, yeah, the way yeah. I did it, the way I did it, because I know people love their stomach. <laughs> and we Lebanese, we make cracker barbecues, yeah? <laughs> yeah? And that was my way of winning their heart. You know, every year I would invite the boys, the whole team. This is one occasion of multiple occasions. I invite the whole team, 45 players with coaching staffs, all right? And I'll do a big cook-up for them. And I show them the tradition. 
show them the generosity of a Muslim. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. You know, when we go out for, for lunches, I'm the first one to get up and pay. Not to show that, hey, hey, I got money. No, because these guys actually earn more money than me. I was one of the lower end play, uh, paid players. But to show them the karam, the generosity amen. of a Muslim. Amen, amen. You know what I mean? And look, they freak out. Wallah, I actually, I, I, I corrupted their life. You know, these guys are used to paying for their own sushi. Now I've got them in this mode. I said, boys, come here, come here. Let me, let me teach you something now. We're a group now here that go and have lunch four or five times a week, yeah? If each if one person pays one day, the other person pays the next day, I said, it ends up working the same. Is that right? They go, yeah. I said, you know what? It looks better as well, you know, but I never let them do that. I was always proactive in paying and they, they would find ways. You know, I, I, found, I made them get into habits where they they would kind of like speak to the guy and said, I got the bill or something, you know what I mean? So yeah, I kind it's of like competing. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? <laughs> That was a beautiful attribute, and they respected that, and they yeah, loved that, they cherished like, that. Amazing, isn't it? But you show them ways that we can still integrate with with others. Yes. Show them. That's, you still got to educate. Yes. You know, yes, you need yes. to spend time with non-Muslims so they can learn about Islam. And if we're always segregating ourselves completely, yeah. how are they going to learn about Islam? How's the dawah? Wallah, how's the So you make effort. Mm. Make effort. So my advice is make efforts. Coffees, you know what I mean? Barbecues, something with meaning behind them. Wallahi. You know, you win people's heart that way. Amen, amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the, the 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 forceful education isn't the way. No, no, but no. rather over a coffee, over shouting lunch, a barbecue, whatever it may be, you win people's heart yeah, and people's right. hearts will open. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. will accept. Everyone comes back to that fundamental of being grateful yeah. and just having contentment. Contentment, a true contentment in the heart of saying alhamdulillah for everything yeah. is... Is worth millions. You know, us, we, we just we complicate things. <laughs> we, we, mix, we mix this with that, that we complicate things. You know what? Life is simple. <laughs> life is so simple. And, you know, like you said, contentment, it fixes everything. <laughs> if you keep things simple, you got less room for mistakes. <laughs> keep it simple. Keep it simple. you got less headaches and you got more time for ibadah, more time to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ultimately... What is that? It's to achieve Jannah, inshallah. Yeah, 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 that's what we work for. Wallah, man. That's, that's, that's I love it. I I've got a question for you. Honestly, for yourself, what was the proudest, like that moment that you felt so proud of yourself? Yeah. That sort of is, that motivated you and inspired you in your own self as well? Yeah. I think, I think my, my off-field uh, ability to give, well, my off-field ability to give to the younger generation. Inshallah, give back. Was there any Look, moment? That I'm not going to show away from the fact that, you know, getting drafted wasn't happiness. Of course it was happiness, but... You know what, bro? It, it's dunya happiness. Yeah. Wallah, yeah. I, I know I'm sounding yeah, yeah, very religious no, here. No, 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 no. But wallah, this no, no, is how I feel. Wallah, this is how perfect, I feel. perfect, bro. This is what we want. Premierships. I've won three premierships. You know what? Those medals are sitting in the safe, doing nothing, actually building cobwebs, if you if you, if you you call it. Are they real gold? They're, oh, yeah, probably they're gold. They're worth <laughs> a couple of grand each. Yeah, apparently. You know what I mean? But you know what? Like, it, it's success. Don't get me wrong. It's success. But that's not something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to ask me about on the day of judgment. How many premierships did you win? <laughs> that's why I always relate it back to Dean. How, I'm a very quick. I want to know your perspective. That's all yeah, it my, is, you know? Like I said, my, my, there's no specific moment, to be honest. I can't specifically remember a moment. But the, the, the off-field development, uh, my off-field work within the community. Uh, why I say that is because, you know, this is rewarding, bro. Yeah, this is rewarding. This is, you know, changing... A young brother's sister's life for the better is rewarding. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's not only rewarding within myself. 
it's rewarding for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like ultimately we're getting rewarded from our creator, which is the greatest reward, which we will see inshallah with the right intentions on the day of judgment. When you think, when you, when you sit in there and the record's being read to you, you say, where'd this come from? It's, it's the legacy that you've created. It's the sincerity that you have put in these people's heart who have educated someone else and someone else and Sadaqah Jariah and stuff. You know, this is the thing that makes makes me feel very proud of the fact that I'm able to work with my community using football as a vehicle. Sure. I'm very proud. The fact that football, I'm able to do it. Because the reality is if it wasn't for football, I'd never be able to get this reach. You know what I mean? Football is something I'm grateful for because it was the foundation of me able to give back to the community using yeah. that as the vehicle. Sure. So to be able to work with the foundation, um, you know, I don't even want to call it the Bachelor Fully Foundation. How, because it's not, how long did you start that? How long we, we, we established it in 2019. But the program started in 2012. And sure. we've gradually building, 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 and sure. we're still growing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, great alhamdulillah, the fact work. that we're able to, to reach over 5,000 young Muslims, brothers and sisters nationally, sure. you know, some more, some less, and to see their change in their life. Like, mate, we're running academies, and we're talking more about deen than football development. For it's, well, I am, because I've got passion for deen. You know? uh, I've got passion for growth. That resonates today, Resonates, you know what I mean? Do I want you to become an AFL player? Yes, of course I do. But you know what? You'll control that journey, you know, and, and if Allah allows it to be, it will happen. You know what I mean? I can't do it. I can only give you the tools. Yes. It's up to you. Inshallah. And the same thing with Adina. You know, I've got to remind you, Saleh, because this is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to ask me about on the day of judgment. Consistently be, you know, motivating them to be the best Muslims they can be. Because Inshallah. if you are the best Muslim you can be, then you're the best human being you can be. Inshallah. So it goes hand in hand, you know. Deen yeah, yeah. and, and being a, a success you know, away from Islam, it, it's not different. You, you right. can you can intertwine them together with the right intention and you get rewarded. Ooh, it's ibadah. You know what I mean? Very so that's my proudest moments. Once once I once I heard a scholar saying that, you know, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to to show me the fruits of my pudding or my work, not in this life, but rather in the hereafter. Why? Because because I fear that if I see the fruits of my actions and my direction, I fear that it will put arrogance in my heart. Wow. And subhanAllah, that resonated with me. And I said, you know what? That's someone I want to be. You know what I mean? Allah. Wallahi, that's what I want to do. I want to be a person on the day of judgment with, with this record, inshallah. Allah, inshallah. With mean. stuff that, you know, because I do fear. Sometimes, you know, as a human being, we just, <laughs> look what I've done, look what I've helped to become. But one story for me, you know, which I can think of at the top of my head real quickly is, you know, we've got leadership sessions in our academy that we run, especially uh, with our elite performance boys when we take them overseas. And, you know, I've had this one one kid, and I know a lot of boys have changed their life, but, sure. you know, for me, when, when I see someone who's implementing their five daily prayers at the age of 16, 17, that shows me dedication. But this young kid stood up and he, and he had his session and he said, you know, my biggest highlight of my life is is this is this academy. And he explained why. And we obviously want, to, want them to explain why. He goes, why? He goes, you know, I was a person that didn't pray. Allah. And he goes, now I've been in the system for three years. And that first moment that I entered in the academy when I was motivated to pray and encouraged to pray, I haven't left a prayer since. Allah. And he goes, now I am so consistent in my prayer that if I leave one prayer, it's as if I've lost everything. For a 17-year-old kid to stand up, and, and share this with his mentors. Wow. We looked at each other and Walla was emotional. Walla, oh. and, and I know there's a lot of stories to that. You know oh. what I mean? There's more stories that have got that. You know what I mean? But oh. when I heard that story, I said, you know what? Job done. 
<laughs> job done boys yeah, yeah, yeah. alhamdulillah yeah, yeah. through our sincerity and our Ameen. love for deen Ameen. and want these boys to be better muslims Ameen. that's the story that keeps us going yeah, it motivates you to do more that's why i said that's why i love what i do because i get story, i got a, a story of a sister hijab multiple but one story as well she came in she came into our program as a 17 year old girl or a 16 i can't remember 16 or 17 year old no hijab she's come from a family She's come from a family that is bro it's broken. And we all know what broken families feel like. As we see I mean, in society, you know, so much, it's right? hard. It's hard. It's hard. You know, and subhanAllah, she oh, had Allah. no no one to inspire her. She had no platform. She came into our program, the girls' leadership program. She was inspired by other sisters that were in hijab. She was inspired by guest speakers who were speaking about love and passion for deen. And Allah. She walked away. Within days, she put on the hijab. Allah. She put on the hijab. She goes, my biggest motivation for the hijab was this program. Allah. So when you hear that story, you tell me how that, ma how that makes you feel. Allah. I'm not taking credit because no. it's not no, no, my it's word. Allah Allah Allah. Not, it's not me. It's Allah. Allah Allah. The sisters that are running the program yeah, that are inspiring the next the generation. The sincerity, the sincerity in the hearts. Right. Now guess what? She works for the foundation. Bro. Allah. And she's an advocate. You know <laughs> I mean? She's I mean. so proactive when it comes to deen. She's so proactive. So, so those stories yeah. for me resonate. They motivate me. Uh, to keep doing more and, and, and never and never stop doing because that's ultimately what I want to do. I want to continue to be inspired because I'm inspired by someone else. Yeah, so I yeah, want to pass yeah. that knowledge <laughs> to someone else. You know what I mean? No, no, no. It's, it's a chain link, isn't it? Like it's just a chain that keeps on following, you know? I think alhamdulillah we've covered mashallah we've covered uh, <laughs> every every angle but we normally finish we finish our podcast inshallah on, on, on this always uh, which is what we call an I am statement. Um, yeah, for me, I'm just a... Uh, <laughs> so in a single sentence? Yeah, in a single sentence. I, I, <laughs> I, I am a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that wants to see the next generation be the best Muslims they can be. Because wow. ultimately, <laughs> and I mentioned that before, ultimately, if you are the best Muslim, you are the best, mus best human being you possibly can be. Allah. So... With my statement, it shows you my drive and passion for Dean, because um, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, I know your motto is a little bit different. You're a business driven and that, and, and it's Allah Allah fikun. But that's that's my passion. It, it's not it's not to, to get as many AFL players. And I'm elaborating on my sentence here, but or my statement. But it's not ultimately to get people drafted. It's a byproduct, and yeah, it's important because there are more role models teaching people about Islam in that industry, which is important. But if you can leave, uh, you know, leave, for example, leave our environment as better Muslims, then that's, that's happiness for me. And you guys, you've noticed from my talk how I get passion, I get drive, you know, when I walk in the masjid and I see a young kid from the academy, wallahi my smile, like it's like you can't even get any bigger. You know I mean, that's true joy, bro. That's true joy. Allah Allah ultimately, you're pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and you're giving giving yourself a sense of living, bro, a sense of purpose. Amen, amen, you know what amen. I mean? Because let's face it, bro, uh, yeah. this, this generation growing up, you know, we, we are lacking that. We are lacking that. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife says to me all the time when we're doing these leadership retreats, leave the leadership retreat, look after your kids and yeah, this yeah. and that. And I said, no, one day when I'm not here, yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will look after Yeah, them. exactly right. But it's obviously creating a legacy because, amen. you know, guys like myself and you guys, like, we're not going to be able to lead the retreat. We're not going to be able to lead the foundation forever. Exactly. You know, we're trying to create role models, exactly. leaders, yeah. okay, that can take our role. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I see that in the foundation right now. We've got sure. a, a group of three or four young brothers and sisters who are 20, 21 years old that are doing amazing work. And I look at 
you know, my fellow colleagues and or uh, uh, you know, uh, workmates, and I say, bro, at the end of the day, this is this is something that we need to create. Yeah. You know, a good leader is always looking. Amen. For the next leader. Amen. You know what I mean? How Amen. can I create Amen. the next letter? Exactly, leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, we don't, we don't, our time's going to be up very soon. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not like the Islamic countries. <laughs> they love the kursi, bro. No, no, no. Super glue. Wallahi, the less kursi, the less kursi for me, the better. <laughs> <laughs> I can fish more. I can go hunting more. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward us. And reward you guys. And put sincerity in heart. Because if we've got sincerity in heart, then we're on the right track. Allah bless you, bro. Thank you for sharing. Allah bless your pathway. We ask Allah to pave the way for you and increase you in this dunya and the akhirah, inshallah. And inshallah, you have many, many more successes uh, with your foundation and all the work you do. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. Jazakallah khair. Wa iyaakum, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum, assalamu alaikum.